Welcome to episode number 20, entitled, What I Learned About Being Irish from a Jewish Girl. This episode is going to reinforce an earlier suggestion I made, and that was always have your receivers turned on, because you never know where you're going to get some information, some input, some insight, uh, in perhaps the most unlikely of circumstances. I think this, you'll agree, is one of those unlikely circumstances. Anyway, as I mentioned also in a previous episode, uh, I grew up in a uh, in a predominantly black neighborhood, and as a result, uh, I was I could dance, but I couldn't swim. So uh, after I was divorced, I started going out and, and reinventing my dancing skills. Anyway. Um, and I followed a particular band that was good. And one night I decided to go up to northeast Philadelphia to a place called Pinocchio's. Uh, the band there was called The Equals. <clears throat> and um, I started dancing and I met this girl. And her and I, we spent most of the night dancing. She was excellent and very, very good on the eyes. So at the end of the night... I said to her, I said, listen, you know, we had a good time. Would you like to, you know, go to dinner and, and dancing? And she said, yeah, okay. So she wrote down her name and phone number. And her name was Joan Rubin. And I said, are you Jewish? She says, yes. I said, I didn't know Jewish girls had rhythm. So I wasn't, I'm not that much of a charmer back then. And uh, I said, well, I'll be honest, I've never been out with a Jewish girl. And she then said to me, I've never been out with a Gentile. I said, I am not a good first for anybody in anything. But after we overcome this the awkwardness, if you want to call it that, we decided to go out. So we go to Rochetti's restaurant in Springfield, Delaware County. And uh, conversation, great conversation, smart girl. Anyway, I, we started talking about stereotypes because... Each of us was new to the other in terms of, you know, our background. And um, so I told her, you know, my my stereotype of Jewish people. And, of course, to be fair, I said, listen, you know, what, you know, what are the Irish, from your perspective, what are the Irish known for? What's the stereotype of an Irishman? She said, well, she said, they like to drink. And I happen to have a drink in front of me. So I said, well, I'll drink to that. And then, they like to party. I said, Jesus, I'm okay with that, too. And she said, they're not very smart. <laughs> I said, if I met somebody with those three qualities, I'd marry them. But anyway, so that night was over, and I, I thought about that. And her and I went out for a while, but I thought about that, that, that impression that she had of the Irish. And, and actually, I decided, you know what? Uh, I... Two of the three, you know, Meatloaf said, you know, two or two out of three ain't bad. But I decided for some bizarre reason I was going to take an IQ test. So at that time, Mensa was the kind of like the standard. And I thought, listen, it's kind of fun. Let me go and find out if, uh, you know, if she's right. <laughs> so so back then it was kind of expensive, like 50 to $100 to take, to take this Mensa test. And you get two tests. One you take at home, and then one you go into this this classroom-type setting where there's, it's proctored, 
and then you take the real test. So I took the, the test home. You know, I took, you know, I got the home test, and I decided that uh, I was going to. I didn't want to take the proctor test and look like an idiot. You know, score some ridiculous number at home, and then bomb in a proctor's setting, making me look like a fool. So I decided that I put so many conditions at home. I, I had the radio on. I, had, I accelerated the time between questions and how much time I had to turn the whole thing in. So I did that at home. And then I went down uh, and took the actual test. Uh, again, on a lark, because she had me thinking. So anyway, uh, a, a couple of weeks later, I get the thing in the mail um saying that uh, i i scored in the top 2% and therefore i was uh, uh welcome to become a mensa member and i i i just was i was blown away really so i i called down there and i said and the score that i got in the proctor was actually higher than what i than what i got at home and i i called down there and i because i i said is that possible that I, I scored better? She said, that is a rare, rare event that most people, <laughs> you know, do not score more in the proctor they do at home. So anyway, um, well, the more I thought about that, I thought, well, you know what? I don't want to mess up my karma, my, the, this Irish impression, which the more I thought about it, I thought, wow, that is about as non-threatening a, a trifecta that you'll find in a person, a drinker, a partier, and somebody's not very smart. So I basically never said a word to my entire career about being a member of Mensa. Not until I sold my last com company, or actually sold out of my last company about 15 years ago, did I ever even mention it and put it then on my, on my resume when I started to get involved with charities and what have you. Because I felt that if anybody knew... You know that would that would mess with my karma. So anyway, this is this is the message I got. I I I use this this very innocent conversation, and the longer I thought about it, and then when I started to get involved in my own businesses years after I was no, still a Sun Oil here. Um, I really worked on perfecting that because if the person you're negotiating with on any matter, if it, you're perceived to be non-threatening, that really gives you an advantage. It gave me an advantage, and I capitalized on it. But it all came from a conversation on a first date with the only Jewish girl I ever dated and it, it just goes to show and I, I hope that people listening uh, you know appreciate the fact that it, it being open to what people have to say can really have an impact it had an impact on my career more so later on uh, because I many of the people if I had the opportunity uh, in dealing with somebody I much I had parties at Christmas at uh, St. Patty's Day, uh, Thanksgiving parties, whatever. I I had parties for years, uh, and if I was like starting to do some business or negotiate with somebody, and I had the opportunity, 
I invited them to the party first. That was the, that's the first time I would much prefer them see me in that setting where I'm kind of out of control in a way, <laughs> hard to believe, than in some kind of a traditional business setting. Because then they have this image of me as she said. She she was, I should probably owe her a few bucks, maybe a come kind of a commission cuz her insight to the Irish change really really impacted me in my career. I know that sounds crazy, but it's the truth. Anyway, I thank you for listening. And remember, the more one has, the more that is expected. Thank you.